Honor the Lord and to lift up his name, uh, for his majesty is great. How many of you believe that? That his majesty is great. His glory is huge, and we are glad um, that you are here with us. To those who are visiting with us today, thank you for uh, choosing Epiphany Fellowship as a place to gather with the saints, to hear God's word, and to uh, experience along with the saints the glory of his presence. Um, we want to keep uh, everyone in Paris lifted up in prayer that's going through this travesty and this challenge with uh, this attack, and we want to keep them lifted up in a, in a huge kind of way uh, as we uh, see that um, our world is getting more and more and more vicious, and so we want to uh, lift up those who are going through that. Also, next week, uh, we're having, what week, uh, is it next week or we got the next Thanksgiving offering? Next week, we got the next week. So with the Thanksgiving offering, we want you to, um, above your normal giving, uh, don't just transition it and act like you gave a Thanksgiving offering. But um, uh, we, we really want above your normal giving for you to transition, give, uh, not transition, but give Thanksgiving offering because of what all that's going on uh, through Epiphany Fellowship to help ministries all around the world. Um, right now, um, Epiphany uh, Brooklyn will be meeting in the next 10 minutes, and they are doing their Bible study in Bed-Stuy, and they, they'll be meeting there, and so be praying for them as their, uh, their community is just growing with the core group that they're developing there. Um, uh, uh, Epiphany uh, Fellowship of LA is working and tirelessly working and doing a wonderful job at working at gathering their core and uh, working through all the obstacles of church planting and what that means of parachuting into a particular place. And they're doing that in South Central LA. And they are, they are in uh, the, the, the uh, deep of the depths of the Rolling Twenties neighborhood, which is a, a gang there in South Central LA who they have been making some contact with some of the people in those groups to engage them with the renewing power of the gospel. So keep them lifted. Also, you want to uh, keep heavily lifted. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You also want to keep uh, Epiphany uh, uh, Fellowship, a.k.a. Restoration Church, Germantown, lifted. They'll be meeting in the next few minutes and uh, starting up their worship gathering. They launched in uh, April of this year and then also uh, we're excited about Epiphany Brooklyn that's, that's just keep or this they're just blowing and going in so many ways and we still support them we've been supporting them for the last four years and so uh, we want to keep them lifted and keep those resources coming then uh, in Malawi with everything that's going on we want to continue to come alongside of our brothers and sisters in Malawi where we are helping serve them as they plant 12 churches uh, around uh, their area. And so all together, amen. You know, so, we're, so, 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 so to be honest, we're looking at 16, 17 churches. Then in the next three years, we have three more coming, Wilmington, Delaware, Baltimore, Maryland, and Southwest Philly. And so all of these going together, which we're raising these resources specifically to have these resources aside so that these ministries can move forward. The reason why we're here is because churches did offerings like this for us for over $2.5 million over the last nine years. So we wouldn't be here without churches all over the country investing in you being able to sit here. You should have said amen right there. And so let's, uh, let's, let's keep that lifted in prayer. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet as we uh, dig in. Uh, let's be reminded of these things. Um, 
Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Uh, we read here from the uh, English Standard Version of the Bible. You can join in with us at any point during this time, and I will pull out as you guys, by God's grace, go. Let's do it. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord. Keep going. Amen. So in this uh, fourth installment of going through our series through the book of 2 Corinthians and keeping it 100, this message today I would like to talk about from this text, how to leverage huge opportunities. How to leverage huge opportunities. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we honor you and thank you for the grace of the gospel and the greatness of the gospel and the might of the gospel, Lord God. And we pray that uh, we would uh, again find ourselves enthralled by you, Lord God, enthralled by you and seeing Jesus more clearly and seeing the necessity of our commitment to engage the world with the renewing power of the gospel. God, we pray for things that are going on in Paris that you would uh, cause uh, that country that has a lot of challenges and is very much almost 99% unchurched there in Paris. And uh, will you send people there uh, to engage it with the renewing power of the gospel so that there is a mighty witness of the church there uh, to bring transformation to that place and to bring practical engagement to the needs there. And Lord God, I just pray that uh, you would bless this time and help the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, everyone, uh, everyone wants to have great opportunities. Um, one of the things in having great opportunities is you have to, you don't prepare for the opportunity when the opportunity comes. Uh, uh, um, uh, you, you have to be pre-prepared for the opportunity so that when the opportunity comes and God opens the door, you're able and willing to run through it with his strength to be able to execute what he wants you to execute. One famous rapper says, I'm I, I, I do two a day so I, that I don't drop the ball when it's thrown my way. And he says that because he says, I want to go through my entire catalog so that when an opportunity 
for me to get on the microphone comes. I want to make sure that I don't forget my words when I get up on the stage to engage people. And uh, as believers, we, we should be doing spiritual two-a-days, if you will. We should be in constant contact with our Lord and executing and living and honoring Him and stuttering the, stu uh, studying the Word and getting in prayer and being in biblical community. Uh, but, but we're going to see today that what God calls a huge opportunity, the world may not. Uh, I, 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 um, I don't want to squelch your excitement uh, because I know you was like, wow, God got something for me. Whenever the preacher speaks, I know God, so I felt it in my spirit, a chill hit um, your spinal cord and your nervous system when you heard the title because you were excited that a huge opportunity was coming your way, a huge job was coming your way, a huge amount of money was coming your way, a huge uh, a financial opportunity. And I'm not against any of those things. Uh, however, uh, in, in, in kingdom rubrics, in kingdom mathematics and multiplication, <coughs> huge opportunities are based on impact, not worldly impression. And so in light of that reality, we come to what I believe is a passage that helps us to see and to have a, a, a bird's eye view of what uh, our uh, forefathers in the faith would have viewed as a huge opportunity, a huge opportunity. We hear in this book, again, talking through Paul's uh, commitment to engage the Corinthian church about its perpetual <coughs> spiritual immaturity, and he's trying to convince them that he has a commitment to them, and he has a commitment to them because they, they don't view him as having a commitment to him because they're not committed uh, to him anymore because something has, or someone has taken away their ability to clearly see things from God's perspective, but now they're seeing things from man's perspective. And as they begin seeing things from man's perspective, they begin to have a dumbed down view of what a huge opportunity looks like. What a uh, huge looks like in God's eyes um, is it, it, small in man's eyes. That's why the Bible says, do not despise the small things. When the Bible says don't despise the small things, it means don't underestimate the acorn that's going to be the huge tree. And so when, when God, God never works on the huge tree. He always works on the acorn. He always works on the sunflower seed. He always works on, I see, I don't know nothing about no sunflower seeds, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, 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 um, that, that, that was like block candy. That was like healthy block candy for uh, for some of us um, when we didn't want to get no nihilators and no laffy taffy and no big league chewing gum. See, I know there's no hubba bubba. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know nothing about that. Um, I, 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 some gushers and stuff. Like, I got gushers and all that stuff now. You know what I'm saying? We used to have, I remember the fun dip you used to have with the little white little stick and you had the three little flavors and you lick the thing and cacao and woo and then you go to, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? Chico sticks and all of that, you know. <clears throat> Took some of y'all way back, way back. Now come back, all right? <clears throat> and, and, so, and, so, and so in other words, um, God always uses <clears throat> small things in huge ways. That's his way. And if you don't get the paradoxical disposition of gospel ministry and of how God kind of shapes things, you'll miss out on it. So Paul is trying to help uh, the believers to understand how God wants him to leverage huge opportunities. Um, I have three things today, uh, and, and, and I, I promise I'll be out your way. If you're going to know how to leverage huge opportunities, <clears throat> number one, <clears throat> you got to recognize that huge opportunities must include caring for people. 
huge opportunities must mean that you include in it caring for people. Look, look at the, what the text says. He says, when I came to you to preach the gospel of Christ, <coughs> even though, <coughs> he said, I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, uh, he goes down and says, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there, so I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. <laughs> and so Paul had written the, 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 Corinthian, the Corinthians a letter. <laughs> and when he had written them a letter and he engaged them uh, for the first letter, then there's supposed to be this missing letter that's not necessarily supposed to be a part of the canon that he sent. I mean, he was trying to get at the Corinthian church and real, real hard. And, and so he ended up sending <clears throat> Titus there to check on the spiritual condition of the Corinthian church's response <clears throat> to the truth of what he wanted to communicate to them. And so a, a God opened up wide an opportunity for them. Some try to just say he opened up wide an opportunity. <clears throat> now you got to understand for Paul, when he went into a city, the first place he would go was to the synagogue because the Jews um, generally had the extent of a, a, a biblical revelation available to them so that they could know redemptive history. So that when he went there, he didn't have to catch them up in explaining Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so he would go and he would preach the gospel there. And then out of that, some Gentiles would get connected and others would get connected. And then they would go into their circles of influence in their neighborhoods and in their communities and in their villages and use those opportunities to preach uh, the, the word of God to their friends. And so Paul comes into Troas. He's just taking a pit stop <clears throat> on his way to Macedonia, and he wanted to stop at the Corinthians. He said, I'm not going to go because they're not feeling me right now. And I'm, I'm, personally, I'm not feeling them either, but I still care about them. <clears throat> he gets to Troas, starts preaching the gospel. The door opens wide open for him to drop weight on the Troasian people. If you know anything about the, uh, the, the, the Troazites, I'm going to just make up their situation. Um, it's actually um, where the, it's actually a, a part of ancient Troy where the actual uh, Trojan uh, horse, the mythical Trojan horse situation has supposedly come up. And this place had been so broken um, by that, ex that, that, that mythical experience or true experience, according to what historian you talk to, that there was a lot of depression there. There was a lot of brokenness there. And so when Paul went there, God had already tilled the ground and opened up a huge door for him to be able to communicate the gospel. In other words, when the opportunity came for the door to be opened, he was so well prepared that he was willing to walk through the door and maximize the opportunity. Let me explain something to you. When God opens up a door wide to you, you don't have to pray about it no more. You just walk through the door. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul didn't say, well, should I share the gospel with these people, even though the door has opened? You know, some of us are so reluctant with opportunities to engage people with the renewing power of the gospel um, that we don't see an open door when God has opened the door because we don't recognize that we're ashamed of the gospel. But I'm so glad that the gospel is so powerful. I'm so glad that the gospel is so mighty. I'm so glad that the gospel is full with so much strength that it doesn't depend on me and it's not on me in relation to their conversion and their transformation transformation from spiritual death to spiritual life, but it is on the Spirit as I proclaim and communicate and share the gospel to watch God work and to be there to work. And so it's obvious the Spirit was working and the Spirit was, was downright throwing down for His own glory. 
But then all of a sudden, in the midst of this open door opportunity, <coughs> Titus was supposed to come back from the Corinthians and meet Paul in Troas. So as Paul is executing and maximizing this open door, he gets through the open door and he goes in and he begins engaging and he's not at rest. And the reason why he's not at rest is because he can't find his spiritual son and brother, Titus. And so he, I don't know if he was worried about him because the Corinthians would jump him because he told him something he ain't like. You know, Corinthians were carnal, so you ain't know if they was gonna punch you in the face, um, drag him out the city, stone him. So he was worried uh, about Titus and was unrest. And it says, in light of his worry about Titus and how um, Titus was doing, he said, my spirit was not at rest. Why was he worried? He wasn't actually worried about Titus. He was worried about the Corinthians. Even in the midst of this great open door that God had given, he didn't want to add new believers to the roster of his commitment until he had fulfilled the commitment that he had to Corinthian church. And many of us in our lives, as God gives us open door opportunities, you got to make sure you don't forget about people. The first thing that happens when God blow up you <laughs> is you begin to forget about other people because you begin to see yourself as an exalted Lord or uh, or, or, or something in the sight of yourself and begin to forget about uh, people in the opportunity. That doesn't mean you don't grow. That doesn't mean you don't develop. But when God opens up a door for you, don't let that door be a lonely door. Because an open door where God gives you a wide open door. I like the fact that Paul didn't forget not only about Titus, but even the people that hurt him. He didn't forget about him because he didn't see the open door as an opportunity. Well, see, y'all don't like me no more. I ain't fooling with y'all no more. Look at Troas. The, the Troasites is loving on your boy. Pat, I'm going to take some selfies with them and put them on Instagram so that everybody can see how, how they love me. So that, I know y'all ain't going to like the picture. Y'all may have some hateration comments in my comment thread, and y'all can direct message it. And he all up there with the Troasites with a scroll in his hand. Some, you know what I'm saying? Going like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, uh, you know and, and so, but Paul didn't look at it like that. He didn't look at it. He didn't let the open door of opportunity make him forget about the people that cared about him, even though they hurt him. And see, that's, that's important as a believer. See, many of us are living our lives with the rubric of who hurt us. Let me see. Let me see. I'll leave it there. You, let me see. If I, um, we, we have to be careful of making our lives about showing somebody who doesn't like us up. In other words, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to do like you. And so what I'm going to do is everything I do is motivated by showing you that your hateration towards me, I'm going to overcome it. So therefore, what begins to happen at that moment is showing that person or people up becomes your standard. Christ is no longer the standard. And so now your life is built around showing somebody else something. That's why you got to deal with your feelings of hurt towards people. Because when God opens up a door of opportunity, you walk through that door of opportunity with bitterness, with hatred, 
<clears throat> and then you'll walk through the opportunity doing ministry or entrepreneurialism or education or having a family or providing or being a parent out of wanting to prove to them that their hurt didn't impact you when every time you do something, the hurt is on your mind. I know y'all not going to talk back to me today. And so you got to be very, very careful of that because it will mess up the opportunity because the root of bitterness sprouts up defiles many. So you can be doing a good thing out of wrong motives and the sprinkling of the oil and the salt and pepper and cayenne pepper and ghost pepper uh-huh, of bitterness can, can, can be sown into the good opportunity. You, you got to be careful of letting the opportunities that God has given you uh, be designed and committed to trying to show somebody else up when they're not even looking at you. They don't care about you. You're the only one thinking about it. They don't forgot about it. They ain't fooling with you. But you're trying to live your life in the shadow of something and someone that's not even on, your mi on their minds. It's very, very important that Christ defines us. You, I mean, uh, uh, please help me today. And, uh, but, and the way Paul did it, though, is it wasn't that he tried to forget about the Corinthians either. See, that's the key. <clears throat> See, many of us think getting over something is forgetting about something. And that don't work. You got to deal with your fear. So Paul dealt with it. He said, you know what? I want to make sure that the loose ends between me and the Corinthians are tied up. And I'm going to leave. This is powerful. The open door won't be as much of a blessing of an open door until I deal with my past stuff with the Corinthians. Are y'all trekking with me today? And, and so I'm going to stop what I'm doing as big as this opportunity is. And I'm going to go back and deal with my issues with the Corinthians because God, when God opens a door, he opened the Bible. The, sometimes they say he opened, he opened it wide. God keeps those doors like this. He's going to keep them wide open. Um, 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 and so you want to make sure that before you walk through some doors, you deal with some skeletons. <laughs> anyway, I'm by myself. Hallelujah today to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He said, I didn't find Titus. So he said, I took my leave of them and went to Macedonia because he wanted to know how they were doing. Uh, next point, if you're going to know how to deal with opportunities. Next, huge opportunities must be leveraged for the gospel. Very simple. Huge opportunities <laughs> must be leveraged for the gospel. It says in verse 14, he says, but thanks be to God. I like that. He worships in the midst of it. You ever been hurting about something and you know, it's, you, you, you got to go ahead and bless the Lord. You, you don't wait until God, you see something, because you got to learn how to worship the Lord when you don't feel like it. It's all right. Y'all not going to talk about it. Uh, but, but, but it's important for you to worship God in the midst of broken feelings. Paul is hurting right now, and he not, he not doing, he's not doing a dismissive thanks be to God. See, there's a difference between thanks be to God. <laughs> you know, that's, that's different. He says, but he's like, thanks, he's giving the sacrifice of praise. He said, 
God, I'm going to give it to you in the midst of this anyway, because he's hurting in the book about their disposition towards him, and so he worships God in it. Why? He says, because he said, I got to, he said, I got to push past. He said, I'm going to have to get my mind out of where it is. So I'm going to have to look to Jesus Christ in a very, very particular way that will help me to come out of my hurt towards their disposition towards me. And so what he begins to do is he goes on a worship parade right now. And so what he begins to do, he, he, starts, he says, thanks be to God. I love this. Who in Christ. I like that. He uses the in Christ terminology because he's in crisis. Whenever you're in crisis, you got to remind yourself that you're in Christ, not just in that crisis. <laughs> oh, you missed your shout moment. Um, because you can go through something and what you're going through can so overwhelm you that you forget about Jesus. And so Paul said, I'm going to have to thank the Lord right now. He's giving, listen, he don't feel like it though. See, see, that's when worship counts. Worship counts when you don't feel like it. Worship counts when you're hurting. Worship counts when you can cuss. Worship counts when you can fuss. Worship counts when you can give somebody a piece of your mind. But Paul says, oh yeah, I'm in Christ. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm embedded in him. So now that's, that's huge. He said, and so, so he said, who in Christ? He said, God, he said, thanks be to God, who he did something in Christ. What did he do? Leads us in triumphal procession. I wish I can just get past this right here. But this is powerful right here. This triumphal profesh, uh, pro procession would have sent off alarms in the minds of the Corinthian church. Because what would happen is when Roman generals would come back from their conquest, they would have huge parades, have these huge parades, and they would prepare. Matter of fact, billboards are nothing new. I know when you come into Philly and you go past uh, uh, Stadium Row, you see all of the different billboards. Some of them are digital, and, you know, some of you sit past with his wife on the joint like this, you know what I'm saying? You see some type of something, you say, I got to look to the left because I, I can't look at that. The devil is a liar. You know, all <laughs> kinds of things, right? You know, you know, um, and, 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 um, and, but, but, but they had billboards back then. <coughs> and and what they would do is when the Roman general would return from his conquest, they would have parades of women and parades of music. But what they would also have is the parading of the conquered kings and princes at the end of the parade to parade in front of the people the conquest of the war. And what they would do, which is powerful, is they would show them the POWs, and they would sometimes kill them in front of everybody, it's crazy, to show off the might of that particular general who's going to have a statue erected to him and praise. He, he, Paul utilizes that illustration powerfully here. He says, we're the ones who are POWs of Jesus Christ. And he says, because we, we did, what, what, listen, listen, a huge opportunity for me is being led by the warrior God Christ. Ah, help me today. And, and, and to be led in triumphal procession into the world. He says, I'm thanking God for my pain. That's what he's doing. And he said, he leads us out as prisoners of war not to destroy us in our dying, but to build us up in our dying. In other words, Paul, oh God help me, Paul is thanking Jesus Christ, God for Jesus Christ, that he's using his pain as an experience for death for him to grow. 
So some of y'all are asking today, what's the huge opportunity? The huge opportunity is to go through something hard and to be awakened in the brokenness. Help me today, God. <laughs> uh, uh, to, to, to see that God is using it for your good. Yeah. And, uh, 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 many, many of us, when, when, we, when, we, when we look at our lives and when we look, we don't see it as God leading us. Paul says when you go through a trial, God is triumphantly leading you. Oh, God, help me. Oh, he's triumphantly leading you. In other words, you've already won. But you got to go through the death experience. You got to go through. And so, so when you go through something, sometimes your something exalts itself. You have to properly put something in its place by worshiping in the midst of it. Because worship reminds you that God is recycling your brokenness for something bigger. Wow. <laughs> so huge opportunities is going through difficulty. See that, that the world don't teach that. In other words, we are a self-preservation society. In other words, we built our lives around not suffering. And there's nothing wrong with looking for security and all of those different things. But when insecurity comes, don't be fooled. Because your security isn't in the security that you've built naturally. Your security is security even when you're having natural disaster. You're having spiritual, spiritual fruitfulness in the midst of a natural catastrophe. I wish I had some people that would talk back to me because I, I, I don't know if you've ever been in anything where you've forgotten about the Lord. You've ever been in anything where you were broke, busted, and disgusted. You've ever been in something where you can't see beyond your fingertips. But when you remember the fact that the God of heaven is leading you out. It's, 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 it's beautiful. He calls, how can you go through a trial and call it triumphal parading? You're being paraded by God in the world. That's the paradox of the gospel. That's the paradox of the gospel. Our death it's different. I'm, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but he says, he says, and, and listen, listen, this is crazy. This is, this is the part where I, I, I hope I don't run. Um, it says, and through us, while we're going through, listen, spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Huh? Hold on, hold on, Paul. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'm going through. But God is sending me through all of this to spread a fragrance. Uh, huh? How, oh, so, so, let me see if I can make a point. Um, the generals would kill the people in front of everybody. And so you would smell the death because sometimes these parades would last for days. So you would begin to smell the rotting bodies. But what they would do is they would burn incense so the amen so that you can i got an amen right over there um and 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 and, and, and what would happen is they would burn the incense to cover up the smell of death okay some of y'all still ain't got it okay when i was in college tripping in my room with my friends rolling up things and smoking things um, we, 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 would, we, would, we would have incense. Y'all don't remember the little wood joint, and you put the incense right there, and it would burn down so it won't get it. Anyway, 
Some of y'all remember the triangular ones, the ones that used to go to the black end. Some of y'all remember them joints. See, I'm taking some of my 70s folk back. Like, God, you took me back. Hey, God, you delivered me. You delivered. Anyway, never mind. Um, and sometimes we take powder and put it in the room because it gets rid of the smell of weed. Some of y'all don't know. Just in case the. I was lost. I, see, I remember. Y'all don't remember. I, I remember. Some of y'all don't remember because when the dogs come in, they can't smell through powder and pepper. Anyway, um, I just, <clears throat> because I didn't want them to smell the death that I was going through in my room. And see, 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 in other words, I was trying to hide the death with the fragrance. And see, 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 what, what they were trying to do was do that. But, but Paul is saying for us, when you're dying in your circumstances, you are also the brokenness. And I'm going to talk about this in a few weeks. When you get broken in death, fragrance comes from out of you. Because all God's trying to do is take you through something to get the fragrance of Christ out of you. In order to get the fragrance of Christ out of you, you got to be cut. You got to be broken. You got to be busted open so that the glorious aroma of Christ could shine in you. <laughs> Help me today, God. I, I love it. I love it. And so Paul is just worshiping and thanking the good Lord for all of this beautiful experience where he gets to be led in triumphal pro procession. He says, and it spreads everywhere. Points back to this whole idea uh, 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 of it spreading everywhere, of J Jesus, Jesus being anointed by the woman for his dead burial. And when the nard was broken in the room, the aroma filled everything. I, I, I got to move. He says, for we are the aroma of Christ. Listen to this to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. This is, this is interesting. So in other words, God puts you in situations to encourage those who are being saved. That means those who are going to get saved and those who are saved who are growing spiritually. So what God does is he strategically puts you in trials, strategically put you in trials, and get people's eyes on you. See, that's why you shouldn't close the blinds and sleep in when God takes you through something. <laughs> see, see, many of us hide because we want to be viewed as strong all the time. God says, open the blinds, wash your face and everything else, put on some clothes, eat something, and go out in your brokenness. Because I want my strength to be shown through your weakness. You can't always be seen as the pillar of the family. You can't always be seen as the one that know everything. You can't always be seen as the one that everybody confides in. You need to show everybody the reason why you have a reservoir for them is because of the God who is in you. That's, that's, how this, that's how this thing works. That's how it works. That's how it works. Paul is encouraging us in this. And so those who are being saved, but then those who are perishing, because God wants to hold those who are perishing accountable for having smelt it. Not, 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 but check this out. But they don't smell the aroma for a particular reason. It says, to one is a fragrance from death to death. <laughs> to, uh, to, to the other... It is a fragrance from life to life. 
Who is sufficient for these things? I like this. Because what, what, what is he saying, family God? He's saying, for those who don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, it's a stench. Because their, 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 their spiritual nostrils haven't been nurtured to recognize the aroma of Christ. But God uses the aroma of our trials to hold people accountable who won't trust him as Savior. And so they're going from death to death. So, so it only reminds them of their deadness in relation to God and their eternal separation and deadness of eternally being separated from him. But for those who are believers, it's from life to life. This is beautiful. One of the best places to see this is at a funeral. At a funeral and, and being at a funeral and someone's a believer, an actual believer. Not a, a, a person is pushed into heaven to make everybody feel good. But a person is actually a believer. Amen. And what happens is when people begin to stand up and talk about their life and, and how it reflected Jesus Christ, what it begins to do is for those being drawn, it, it, the aroma hits them and the spirit uh, shows them their need for Jesus. But then it also encourages other believers. But, but for those who, don't, who aren't given the grace to recognize the aroma, all they see is a dead person and us talking ancient mysticism. And so for the believer, you should, brokenness and death should encourage you to smell the aroma of the glorious power of uh, the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And, and, and this aroma is supposed to remind us of the life that we're going to have, but it's supposed to tell people who don't have life that there's hell coming for them if they don't submit to the renewing power of the gospel. Let me see if it may make it plain. Um, you know, um, when uh, we, we were, we were, we were uh, you know, um, we, I don't know if they do this anymore, but you ever um, had your parents, you're in a car with somebody, and they tell you you're going to get a whooping after dinner. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the time lapse thing. <laughs> so, so you, know, you know, for me, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm going to sleep in the car. I'm trying to sleep it off because I'm terrified. Then I'd say, uh, it's like 6.30, I'm trying to go to bed early. Um, but can't sleep because I don't know when my pop's gonna get home. You know, and, and, and so, and so, and so, and so, mama cooks everybody's favorite meal in the house that day and it fills the house and everybody else is excited. But the smell of the meal just reminds me that it's a sneak preview <laughs> of coming attractions. And so, 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 so I'm trying to eat my meal slow as I can eat it because I know that after everything, we had dishwasher back then. We just, I was the dishwasher. I knew that afterwards, um, I'm trying to soak dishes and, you know, trying to put it down for soak, believing it. And, and, and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work. See, the aroma in the house for everybody else was an enjoyment for an aromatic meal. But for the one going from death to death, it's great fear. That's what it's like being a believer. Going through trials should remind you that Jesus is coming back. God uses trials to make you uncomfortable here. You're not supposed to, like... I, I'm, 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 you know, I, I was like talking, wrestling with the Lord the other day. I said, God, why can't I just have just, just 
comprehensive ease. Like, can I go through trial and then it like, I graduate? You know, from like, you went through enough, I mean, you know, I mean. And God, God don't, it don't work like that. You know, I mean, God, God, I mean, even in the best of times, there's a little snag in there of the world to God. Just remind me, don't get comfortable. Now don't, don't, get, don't, get, don't get too comfortable. Listen, what you're going through is God reminding you not to get comfortable. Because if you get comfortable, you'll turn the aroma off. Oh, I got to move. Last point, I'm out your way. Huge opportunities must not turn us into another person. <laughs> Huge opportunities must not turn us into somebody else. Look at what the, look at what the text says. It says, for we are not like so many, uh, so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. I love this because he says, we're not in this for the money. He said, believe me, we're not in this for the money. He says, so many who go around who are peddling for this. And, uh, and, 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 in other words, he says, we're trying to be men of character even in the midst of our brokenness. <coughs> he said, we don't use our brokenness as a means to be about natural things. See, so you got to be careful of making excuses to sin because God put you in a trial. You got to be careful getting, getting mad. Oh, says, so God, since you going to go ahead and do what you want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's a bad place as a believer to be in. Paul says, we didn't let this turn us into another person. He, he, said, he said, listen, we, 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 we're trying to still be sincere, and we're reminded of our identity. We're commissioned by God. The idea of commissioning here just means God sent me. And being in a trial, I have to remind myself that I'm in the— See, most of us, the way most preachers preach purpose to you is purpose is always exaltation without humiliation. In other words, the humiliation isn't purposeful. And it's not your, your purpose. Your purpose is that you're going to be this. And your pur- no, your purpose in life is to die. That, 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 that's your purpose. Being a doctor is not your purpose. Being a lawyer and a teacher, that's things that God uses you in, but that's not your purpose. Those are just means that God recycles for you to die. Your purpose is not to be a husband. Your purpose is not to be a wife. Your purpose is not to be a parent. Your purpose is to die. And God is going to use all of those things to kill you. And you might as well just get skilled at going into the fight. You might, as well just, you might as well just get like this and run to the ring and, you know, have the angels massage your back and you, you might as well say, man, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to just get up and do it. You got to get used to the fact that God is going to allow you to go through something, but you can't allow going through something to stop you from knowing that you're something to him. <laughs> you got to get that in your head. I got to close. <laughs> I got to close. I got to get out. I got so much. Help me today. I got to get out of the way. Uh, but what's beautiful um, about this idea in closing is that it ultimately points to 
Jesus leading us in triumphal procession eternally. This procession leads to eternity when Jesus will vanquish his enemies and his subjects who have trusted him, who suffered for him, who lived for him, who walked with him, will be awarded their due. (laughs) And all of the subjects of the king's kingdom will then relinquish their accolades to the warrior God and general Jesus because it is his conquest on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection which gave strength to their ability to fight and survive the catastrophes of their life. And so Jesus ultimately didn't forget about us when he got his opportunities. (laughs) He came from heaven to earth out of an air-conditioned heaven. Uh, He hung, bled, and died. And let there be silence all night on Friday. Let it be silence all night on Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up out of the grave with all power in his hands. And then 40 days later, he ascended into heaven and he hasn't still forgotten about us because it said that he lives to make intercession on our behalf. I'm so glad that no matter how far Jesus went up, he's above the earth, he's above the universe, he's above the Milky Way galaxy, he's at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, but he's still thinking about me. He's still praying for me. He's still looking for me. And then he so hasn't forgotten us that one day the father is going to look to his right and he's going to tap him on his shoulder and say, it's time, son. He said, I'm glad, pops. Grab my horse, Gabriel. Gabriel's going to grab his horse. He's going to mount his horse. He's going to be like, ah, going to get my peoples. Everybody who, everybody, heaven, let's gather, let's gather. Everybody's going to gather behind him. And all of the saints who have died are going to gather their horses. And then we're going to come, they're going to come out in the clouds. And then all of a sudden, everybody who's living in the death of their experience, looking for the life, looking for the opportunity, they're crying, they're dealing with bills, they're dealing with debt. And all of a sudden, Jesus is going to scoop us up off the planet. And we're going to meet him in the clouds. Because he hasn't forgotten about us. I'm so glad that he hasn't forgotten about me. I'm so glad that one day he's going to come back and get us because they stretched him high and they lifted him wide and did he die and dropped his head in the locks of his shoulders. But on the third day, he got up, he got up and then he's coming back for you and he's coming back for me. I'm so glad he hasn't forgotten about me. I'm so glad that he remembers me. I'm so glad that he loves me. I'm so glad that he's working out things that I can't see now. No matter what you go through, don't let what you go through forget, make you forget about who you represent in the midst of your brokenness. So now that you're going through, and now that you know you're just going through what you're going through, you gotta thank the Lord God right now because you don't wait till the battle is over. You ought to shout. You ought to shout, shout right now. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. No greater love than this. 
said he laid down his life for a friend. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. We gotta stop, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop this. We got 20 minutes to the next service. You can go ahead and shout, he gonna go ahead and shout. Amen. Oh man, help us today. Every, every head bow, every eye closed. Every head bow. going through what you're going through. And maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know him. And God provides the opportunity. It's all right to praise him. It's all right to praise him. If you're here today and you having placed your faith in the warrior God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the general of the Lord's army. If you're here today and you haven't put your confidence in him for salvation, meaning that you believe that his death on the cross has paid the price for your sin. He raised him from the grave. If you believe in him, you have eternal life. If that's you, slip your hand in the air. We'd love to talk to you about the gospel. Anybody in the balcony or on the floor want to put their confidence in Jesus Christ for salvation? Anyone? 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 Amen. Let our men come. Let our men come. Let's come quickly, fellas.